Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Look Ma, No Hands. I'm your host, Laura Max Rose, and I'm joined today by that person that you have been Facebook stalking for years and have always wanted to meet. This is Megan Burkle. She is the owner of Willow Crowns, which is a hair accessories company for your little girls. And let me just tell you, if you aren't following her already, you'll want to start now because not only does she have the cutest headbands and hair bows for little girls, they sell out in about three seconds whenever she launches a new collection. So you have to be following her in order to get on these bows. If you aren't already following her, she has um, a pretty large fan base and I I've always wanted to know how she does it because not only has she built this successful business, but she's done it with two little children, one of whom is actually at home um, that she cares for, who's just about to turn three. um, And your oldest daughter is just about to turn seven. That's right. So two kids in tow, and I've just discovered she doesn't have a housekeeper. So we're going to find out how she does that. Um, If you do follow Megan, you know that she is one of the most organized human beings you've probably ever met. I've never seen a house so clean, so I was really looking forward to asking her how she maybe works with her housekeeper to keep her house so clean. It turns out that there isn't one. Um, and she, her kids play gr- play room and play areas. Everything is so organized. So I've been so excited to ask her um, all of her secrets. And here she is. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So you started Willow Crowns out of your kitchen when you moved here from Boston. That's right. So okay. we, um, my husband got a job here after graduate school and we moved here with a seven month old baby. And we had a couple of friends from Boston that had moved down here at the same time, but they didn't live anywhere near us. So you you were kind of all by yourself. Houston's huge. Like you can live in Houston and be an hour away from somebody. And then you're also in a suburb of Houston. So you're seriously. I'm I'm pretty removed. Removed. And so I really did not have like a a network, a day-to-day community or support system. And my husband was working this new job, which was a lot of hours. And I had my first baby, which is a pretty intense experience, even if you're not in a new place, let alone when you are. And so what I ultimately kind of discovered was that while I loved being home with her and you're not supposed to say this, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, you're not supposed you're to not say supposed it, to but say I'm pretty it. sure almost every <laughs> single person who's ever stayed at home with the baby has felt that way. I just really wanted something for myself. And I was dur- it was this really transitional period of my life. And I just, you know, you want to have control over something. And yeah. so I started making this very bald little baby hair accessories and putting them on Etsy. And it was kind of a lifeline. You started make how, how did you even, first of all, how did you think of this idea? I, I don't know. It was probably, did you see other people like wearing cool headbands and you thought I can make that? I thought, you know, I'm buying headbands anyway. So people will stop telling me what an adorable little boy I have. (laughs) And, and then I, you know, I, you read blogs and bloggers, their kids are wearing these adorable headbands from these small shops. And I thought, oh, well, I, I wonder if I could make that. And so you start to scour Pinterest for tutorials and how to make your own headband. Yeah. And you think, how hard can it be? Turns out it's, it's, difficult. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even know. Where, I mean, where were you even getting the fabric? To I do initially that? was going to Hobby Lobby. Okay. And just that's so interesting. Now I want to go to taking Hobby Lobby. the baby with me and going to Hobby Lobby and just, you know, putting those things on Etsy and working from my kitchen table during naps or after bedtime. And that's, that's, that's really where it, it all started. Yeah. So you were putting them on Etsy and people were buying them. No, 
No, they weren't. <laughs> and I think that's another thing when you start on Etsy, you just assume you put it out there and, oh, you're going to start getting sales. But and it's so oversaturated, right? You don't. Yeah, you because really have to. it turns out there's this science behind how you word your listings and how you tag them to get them to populate first in a search. It's it's a mess. And So where did you go from there? So I had been, you know, and I am so grateful too. I had been following a blogger. And I, she had had a new baby girl and I reached out to her and asked if I could send her some things. And bloggers get a lot of emails and a lot of my emails went unanswered, but not this one. Oh, such and a good idea. It, Can we know who the blogger is? Yes. Veronica. Okay. Uh, Veronica's blushing is her blog. Veronica's blushing. And um, it's with a K, Veronica with a K. And she was so kind to let me send her some things. And she was from the get go really supportive. And if I had a little sale, she would tell her followers about it. And it was immediate. The sales started coming in and then I started really using Instagram. It was back during a time when Instagram was very different. Yeah. It was a lot easier to grow on Instagram. Oh my gosh. It's changed so much. It's so difficult to grow on Instagram right now. Um, but I was able to kind of capitalize on that and build a following and then really Instagram stories, you know, when Instagram rolled out the ability to do stories, that was a game changer changer because then you could show behind the scenes. It wasn't just one post because when I follow you, I get to basically follow a day in the life of you every day and the bows that you're working on and the ones that you're going to launch. It's such an incredible tool. It is an incredible tool. And I think it allows people to really get to know you. Yeah. That's why I wanted to meet you. And I love that. I I love supporting other businesses that I feel like I know them. You want to support people that you feel like you know and you like. And that was a huge thing for us. So I love, and I love Instagram stories. I love that Instagram and my business doesn't have to just be about hair accessories that I can share that I love to organize or... It's also about your organ. You have this personality on Instagram. You are the queen of organization, which <laughs> we're going to get into. A lot of pressure. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just giving you that title, whether you like it or not. Um, let's go back to the growth on Instagram bit because that actually, I wasn't planning on talking about that today, but I have seen that happen where people who started, they got on Instagram to market their businesses maybe four years ago. They had very immediate, very fast growth. And their number of followers has been almost the same, maybe for like the past three or four years. What What's going on there? Like, tell me more about that experience. It's really hard. You know, Instagram has changed the algorithm where if you don't engage, you don't see. And so I know that there's a lot of our followers out there that if they've been more passive followers, they don't double tap or they don't comment. They're not seeing our, our content right now. And I will say, I think I was looking at our numbers recently. It, maybe 300 new followers in six months. It's it's slow. Right. But I try really hard not to get hung up on the numbers because that is a very small piece of it. Yeah. There are a lot of other numbers that I need to be focusing on. Like your engagement and the number of people who are sales. Yeah. If our sales, which have doubled since last year, that's incredible. If that number keeps going up, then the number of followers doesn't the matter. No, I mean, obviously the people who are following are purchasing and it comes down to me to, we're not going to buy followers. Those people don't turn into customers. Yes, they don't. I want quality followers. I want people who want to be there. Well, that's the thing is I see bloggers and they have like a hundred thousand followers and their posts get as many likes as someone who you went to high school with, who doesn't have a big blog. I mean, it's about the engagement 
And it's about who's really buying your product. And we've kind of lost sight of that because that number of people who's, who are following you is so, is so important. It, it, I think it becomes more weighty right. than it needs to be. And it's not good for us to focus on that. No, you know, we, if you're running a business, like I said, there's a lot of other numbers you need to be paying attention to. Right. Um, and if those numbers start to go down, then I think it's time to take a look at some social media growth strategies and how do you reach more people. But if our numbers are going up and social media isn't ruining my life because I'm obsessing over numbers, then cool. Yeah. Let's just keep rocking and rolling. Then you're doing a great. So let's talk about, so you have, how many drops do you do of new product each year? Would you say? We do our four big seasonal drops, you know, autumn, spring, winter, all the seasons. And then we'll do little capsules that have a theme. So we just did our winter drop, but now we have our holiday drop. Okay. And we have one coming in the new year that I won't give too much away about it, but it's called wild new year. Oh my gosh. Or we did last year one that was curated by our own daughters. We let our daughters pick the fabrics. Um, so I would say 10, probably 10 drops a year. Okay. So you do these drops of your new product and these, those are selling out like almost instantaneously. Like people have to be at their computers. For some fabrics. Yes. There are some that are definitely more popular than others, but we do tend to move the majority of the collections within the first hour. Does that blow you away? Like thinking about how all the gone time from, is that just the best feeling? It is. And it, you know, it's funny whenever we get ready to launch a collection, I sit down kind of at, I'm at like the command center. I'm at my computer. I'm watching the website. And every time I'm like, is this going to be the time where they don't show up? Will this be the draw where people like, you almost feel like, are they going to catch on to us? That we're not that amazing. Interesting. And they just, our customers are so fantastic. They show up every single time and they tell their friends and well, what you just said is so much a part of the human condition. Yes. Like, are they going to figure me out? Are they going to realize maybe this isn't as good as they thought it was going to be? And and then there they are. They're ready um, because that's not true because they are wonderful. They, they Our customers are awesome and I'm, I'm very grateful to them. So you have built this business over the past six years with your two daughters. One of them is in school, but the other one just has a Mother's Day Out program. And I think most people who follow you would be shocked to know. I mean, they probably actually would know from what you disclose that you're at home with her. You're taking care of her while you are running this business. Yeah. How? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Caffeine. Caffeine. Okay. Uh, Is a huge part of it. Um, But... Organization plays a huge role in that, not just an organized pantry or playroom, but I organize my time. So tell me more about that right now. So I think the biggest thing that has impacted my ability to do all these things, and I'm not saying it's perfect and it always looks great. There are some days that are a little messy. Um, The biggest thing I do is I call it protecting my emotional bandwidth protecting my emotional bandwidth. Everything I do is to maintain my emotional balance because no matter what's going on, work, kids, home, if I feel like I've taken care of myself, I can handle it. It doesn't mean there won't be stressful days. It doesn't mean there won't be times where I want to run away, but there are very few days where I think to myself, oh, I just can't do this. It's too much. There are, there are many days where I'm like, this is hard, but I got this. So what you just said is 
one of the main reasons why I probably started this podcast because I have found the same in my own life, but it's something I work on every day. And I feel like I'm getting closer to feeling like I can handle more days, but I am learning that the answer to being able to handle more is protecting my emotional bandwidth. It's so true. The more I pour into myself, the more I can pour into everybody else. You can't pour from an empty cup. Like everybody always says that, but until you experience that, it's hard to understand how potent that is. And sometimes it's really a matter of doing the hard, like doing the thing that feels really uncomfortable. Okay, last night we had a babysitter and it turned out I didn't need to go to this event with my husband. He's running for office right now and I thought I was going to have to go with him. I didn't end up needing to go. I decided not to cancel the babysitter and I went to a movie by myself. Oh, I love that. It was the most invigorating. I felt just like amazing doing it and I felt so full and so full of energy just by taking care of myself. I felt closer to my kids, to my husband. And there's this, the nature of being a mother is that you want to put your kids before yourself biologically, but you have to sort of do the uncomfortable thing and go to that movie by yourself and and fill your own tank first, Mm -hmm. because that makes you feel closer to your children and to your spouse. And it's so counterintuitive for so many of us, myself included very much. But when we do that, it makes such a difference. And I think we're told, especially as women, that we should be doing the opposite. We should be able to do it all without taking Everybody care of ourselves. Everybody loves to tell us how to spend our time oh or my God. what we should be doing or you know, whether we should be working outside the home or not or whether we should be 100% focused on our kids 100% of the time. Um, but nothing makes me feel closer to my kids than a little time away from them. So how do you protect, what are your, how do you protect your emotional bandwidth every day? So the biggest thing, and I started this a few years ago after my youngest was born, she would be getting up to eat at like 5am and I would feed her and I started not going back to bed. Okay. I would feed her and I would stay up and it gave me an hour. I have an early riser in my oldest. So she was still up at six. (laughs) <laughs> but it gave me an hour alone, alone in my own house while she was awake though. Cause no, she would her. go back. To she sleep. would go back to sleep. Oh, and wonderful. so then I was like, it just, it was the most transformative part of my schedule. And so now I get up at five every day and sometimes, hard? sometimes, sometimes people always ask me like, what are your tips for getting up early? Get up. And I'm like, set an alarm. <laughs> and when it goes off, Get out of bed. Get out of bed. My husband snoozes like six times. I'm like, what is the point of this? Like, just set the alarm for the time you're actually going to get out of bed and get up. up. But that hour alone, it feels so good. What do you do with that hour? So it depends. A lot of times I'll go for a walk with my neighbor. Oh my God. So like you're spending time with someone who's an adult. I'm getting adult conversation um, and I'm moving my body in a way that feels great, getting those endorphins going. Um, If I don't walk with her, I'll often do yoga at home, just 15 minutes. And then I drink coffee. Wonderful. I take a shower. You get ready for the day. I get ready for the day. I might not be 100% ready by the time the first kid rolls out of bed, but I've got a jump start on them. Amazing. And that's Amazing because from the second your children wake up until the second they go to bed, there's no time to be. Somebody needs something from you. They need a snack or to go to the bathroom or they've lost something and you, you have to be there for them and to get to take care of myself before anybody else needs something from me. I'm a nicer mom. I'm a nicer spouse. 
I'm just better all over. Do you ever like see sort of exhausted mothers, maybe in the carpool line and, and they're talking to you about some of the problems that they're facing and you're thinking to yourself like, oh my God, if you would just wake up a little earlier, take some time and for I yourself. I know that it's hard. I do. It is like, so hard. I know it's hard because sometimes you've got kids up in the night. Yeah. And oh, that's, that's the really worst. hard. But honestly, I still, you still there will are wake very up. few times that I just sleep till my kids wake me up. If my kids are my alarm, whether they've been up in the night or not, that time alone, I'm going to be tired anyway. Yeah. So you're waking up at five. What time are you going to bed? Probably around nine. Okay. So you're falling asleep at nine. Are you like watching TV and falling asleep? So normally we have both kids in bed by eight. Okay. At the latest. We shoot for earlier, but sometimes the big one drags her feet. Right. And that hour, it's, it's just an hour, but an hour uninterrupted with my husband every night is great. Yeah. And we watch TV. We catch up on our days. Yeah. It's our time together. And then at nine o'clock... You're going to bed. I'm going to bed. And then I have an hour to myself the next morning before anybody needs anything. Okay. Amazing. So you have that hour for yourself. That's mm-hmm. how we start. Protecting That's how I start bandwidth. protecting that emotional bandwidth. And then the other thing that I do is, you know, there's so many things in life we don't have control over. That's so true. So the things that I do have control over, I manage very carefully. And that could be anything who I invest time in with friendships Absolutely. Um, the, I'll call them extracurriculars, but like volunteering at the school. I want to be an involved parent, but there are some things that just don't jive with my schedule. Right. Like for whatever reason, every library volunteer slot is on a Tuesday or Thursday when I don't have childcare. So rather than stressing out and trying to force those things to happen, I'm finding ways that work for my schedule. This is just a temporary time in my life where I have children at home. When they're both in school full-time, I can do all the library volunteer slots I want to do. Imagine how you're going to feel when they are both in school. You know? Gosh, life is so easy. I just have, I really manage carefully the things that I do have control over to be things that feel good and that fit with a relative amount of ease into my schedule. I have to tell you, I am entering into this chapter in my life where I'm getting, I'm uncovering a new layer of having absolutely no time for energy vampires. I can't be mm-hmm. around you if you are going to drag me down. I I have to take care of myself. I, I don't have time to feel bad. I no, don't. It's true. You don't have time to feel bad. And it's it's so unproductive. We don't have enough time in the day as it is. Right. So why are we going to spend any of that time on things that are negative and optional? Optional. You don't have They're to be optional. around people that are assholes. Excuse me for saying it that way. <laughs> But it's true. And I'm really, really fortunate that I have this amazing group. And a lot of them are people that work with me. How did you meet them? And that's the craziest thing through Willow Crowns. Oh, wow. Okay. So these are women who work for you now. These are women who work with Willow Crowns or they are people who don't, but are friends I've met through them. Yeah. Um, But I have this small, amazing circle of women who... The best part about them is they just handle their lives. That they is just the best handle kind of it. Person. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that things aren't hard or they don't call you and say, I'm about to list my kid for sale on eBay. <laughs> they do. But they're never like, I can't do it. I don't have this. They're like, this is hard, but I'm going to kill this day. I've got it. Even yeah. if it means a little Caesars hot and ready at the drive-thru. Right? <laughs> what, oh like, my God, I love I'm going to get through this day. I have the ability. And when you are surrounded by people who are so capable, 
it's it makes, it makes you, you want to be way. capable. Yeah. And so I feel, and Willa Crowns has had a huge role in this, but I feel like a very capable person. And so, yes, my days are busy, but I got it. You got it. And I think when you kind of switch that in your head, yeah, you can do whatever you want. So what's the biggest thing in your life that contributed to you making that switch in your head? Because was that your, did your parents raise you to feel capable? Was it a book that you read or was it just a mindset change that you had when you had kids? It was honestly the success of Willow Crowns. Is It's funny how it's, it's all the very the cyclical, yeah. but I actually did not feel like a really smart or capable person for a lot of my life, whether it was, you know, the puberty trials making you feel bad yep. or girls at school. I yeah. ended up switching schools at one point. Oh my gosh. And that really drags your self-esteem down. And yeah. Willow Crown's doing well. It's hard to argue with numbers. Yeah. I've taken a lot of comfort in empirical data evidence. Yeah. And when you look at the numbers and you're like, wow, this is growing and it's growing because I'm making decisions. I must be good at this. And that's such a confidence builder. And that is such a confidence builder. And when you get enough of that, then you can flip that switch, I think, and be like, I got this. Like, if I can make this company grow, now we're 15 people. Wow. I, I mean. And you're doing this with a kid I can handle a sick kid. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can handle a husband who's out of town. Yeah. I, I can do it. I can handle it. It doesn't mean that it's not hard. It doesn't mean that I don't call my mom and go, oh my God, this day. But you still do but it. But I got it. I have to tell you, I think in the world that we live in, it's actually very brave to look at things that way because there's a lot more, um, you know, they say like it's lonely at the top. There's a lot more company in misery, like what misery loves company, right? So like there's a lot, there are a lot more people who aren't necessarily saying that they're capable. There are a lot more people who are in that, who are there waiting for you, if you will. And like to walk out of that and say, yes, this is hard, but I am, I am capable of this. I'm not going to not complain about it necessarily, but I'm still going to do it because this is my life. So I recently actually had my own revelation about something related to this, which I'll share. I wasn't planning on sharing it on this podcast episode necessarily, but every mom that I know, we all love having a glass of wine or eight, um, when the day, when the day is rough, right? Yes. Um, it affects me, I think, differently maybe than other people. I wake up a million times at night if I have more than one glass of wine and it messes up my sleep and I am a mess the next day. Um, but I was going through this cycle where I felt so bad for myself at the end of each day that I'd had such a hard day with whatever kid was screaming. And I was like, well, I deserve this and I deserve a lot of it. And then my next day was ruined because I was, I felt like I deserved something. I hadn't slept well. And listen, I am like incredibly envious of any mom who can have like more than one glass of wine and have like, yeah, and have a great day the next day, but it's not me. And I was like, you know, I have two choices. I can either keep doing this and feel like I'm entitled to having more than a glass of wine because my day was so hard and keep feeling miserable, or I can make a mature adult decision and say, this is my new boundary during the week. Like I can, I'm, I'll have a glass of wine if I'm out with friends, but when I'm home by myself, I'm going to do something else and it's going to be really hard, but this is what I have to do to feel good and to be functioning. And you can care for yourself in other ways. There's other ways There's to care so for yourself. There's so many ways to care for yourself. Like I think self-care is such a buzzword right now and people are using it all over, but self-care looks so different for, for so many everybody. people. And honestly, that 5 a.m. wake up is my self-care. Yeah. That's the thing I do for myself. Yeah. And you know why I feel like self-care has been labeled in our society as like eating, you know, three bags of Cheetos and watching like 
400 episodes of my favorite show on Netflix. Like, sure, if I like didn't have kids and like maybe in some other universe, that would be self-care for me. But if I did something like that right now, I'd be totally physically miserable. Oh, But there's this message that I like deserve to do that or like, you know, I've had a hard day. I should eat, you know, 12 Shipley's donuts or whatever it is. <laughs> something that's like not going to make me feel good. And instead, the self-care isn't just necessarily about getting a massage. Listen, I'm it's all not, about getting but one. Like who, what mom can just drop everything and, and go, go get, get a, a massage. massage. And then we start to feel bad about ourselves. Oh, I'm not taking good enough care about myself. And then you go down this myself. like pity party road and yeah. it, it spirals. It spirals when really the self-care is waking up at five in the morning or doing the hard thing because it's going to make you feel better. That's becoming an adult, which I am trying to do every day of my life. We're all, right? we're all we're trying all... to. <laughs> right. It's just, it's one of those things that I, I think, and I, I, so I listened to your podcast with Natalie, my friend Natalie Weekly, and she said it so well that children are like a lifetime assignment in character development. They really are. And it's true. And I have just had to switch my thinking that way. This is not a life sentence. Like no. having these kids, it's, it's hard. It is hard, but it's also a privilege. And yeah, we just have to be big girls and yeah, say it's girls. hard, but I've got this. Like, I want my six-year-old to act like that. Yeah. I want her to be like, I, she, you know, we're learning to read. Yeah. And she's like, it's too, it's too hard. I can't do it. And I'm sitting there going, yes, you can. Yes. I you know can. it's hard. Try again. Or she, my, my daughter who's three says, mommy, it's hard. I say, you can do hard things. Exactly. Why we can do hard things. We want to send our daughters, especially our daughters, but all our children into the world, feeling capable, even in the face of difficult times. And I think the best way to teach them that is to show them that. Yeah. You know, we have to show up every day, every day. It doesn't mean again, it doesn't mean that you don't call your best friend or call your mom and say this day wrecked me. Oh, yes. Like potty training. Ooh. Oh, I, ooh. I mean, it is not for the faint nothing, of heart. Nothing tests your sanity. It's not a joke. Like potty pee, training. Right? But we can do it. Yeah. And I think when you kind of bolster yourself that way and you pick yourself up that way, that becomes the cycle. Right. The way you talk to yourself, the, the way you, your internal dialogue. It makes such a difference. It does. And then you find yourself surrounded by people who have it the same It attracts people, you know, whatever you put out there yeah. in the universe, it, it attracts that. It and attracts that. I remember reading, someone said like, those who show up, go up. And it has been Ooh. stuck in my head every day for years. Those I who think show about up, it up. all the time. And I'm like, I'm going to show up in all the aspects of my life. I'm just going to show up. Yeah. I love and it. I will never forget it. It is stuck in my mind. So you now have other other mothers who stay at home are working for you. Yes. And they're helping you make your, making, they're making these bows? So I don't make any bows anymore. Oh my god! Come to find out, I'm not good at it. <laughs> you know how I said, how hard can it be? It's very hard. And I do not have that particular skill set. So these bows are being handmade by these mothers who are working with yes. you. Yes, all of them. Wow. And that was the whole point. Yeah. I felt like I shouldn't have to choose between staying home with my daughter and having other aspirations. We shouldn't. We shouldn't have Especially to Especially in the world that we live in. So I said, well, I don't want to choose. I'm not going to choose. And to be able to include other women in that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because stay-at-home moms, that's a huge untapped demographic. These yeah. are women who, yes, they've made the decision to stay home with their children. But, oh, my gosh, do they have so much to offer. 
Yeah. They are still talented, smart, shrewd, amazing people who are dedicating those talents to raising their children. So do they work out of your home or no, from their home? they work from their home. And then how do the, all the bows get to the centralized location? So they're all local. Okay. And we literally have a drop box at oh our house. Oh, my God. And, and they drop off the bows. They drop off done. the bows. And we have, you know, a computer system that we use that manages assignments and due dates. Wow. And all of that. Um, and then we ship materials or they come pick them up at the house if they need to. My house is like a revolving door. There are so many. There people are people in and out of my house every single. And does Willow Crowns has it has an office space in your home? In my home, with the bow wall that we all with see? the bow wall. Yes, um, it's in my house, and it will be for at least another year or two. Hopefully, we're like we're always outgrowing it, and we're always finding new ways to stay there. I love it. Um, I don't want to have. I'm just not ready to not. You're not ready to. Not I, be I love being at home. I love that I can run upstairs and check on something, or it's part of how it works right now. Yeah. I don't have to leave to go to an office. Maybe I do need a little more separation, <laughs> but <laughs> right now not having a ton of separation just makes it doable. It works. It's in my house. It's right there. Um, but people are in and out all day with bows and supplies and it's so, it's so fun. Back to a day in your life. So you're waking up at five, then you have that time for yourself. You get the kids ready. Do you find that it's easier to get the kids ready when, because you have more patience for like, I have to tell you to put your pants on 1200 times? A thousand percent. Okay. And it also gives like, Think of it this way. Like if you're sitting your kids down to eat breakfast, yeah. if you haven't gotten yourself ready, that's when you're like dashing back to the bathroom to like put your mascara on or whatever. I'm folding a load of laundry or, you know, making lunches. Like I have that. I'm ready. You have time. You're ready. I have time. So while they're watching a show or having breakfast or not putting pants on, yeah, I can do the other things that need to be done. Like there's so much I can do in 10 minutes. Oh my God. You know how much you can do in 10 minutes? The possibilities are endless. They're endless. And that's part of how we keep our house up. So you don't have a housekeeper. No. Oh my God. Well, I, like I told you, I've tried to have them before and then I'm like, well, it's just, I'm never happy with it. I guess my standards for other people are too high. They're lower for when it's my own work. But I'm like, listen, if I'm not paying somebody, I can afford to skip baseboards. So, okay. (laughs) Like if they don't get done, that's on me. And I'm okay with that. You're okay with that. So you, ha- you, I read this morning on your Instagram, you leave the Roomba on when you leave yes. in the morning. So yes. that helps with that. That helps with that. And you do all the laundry by yourself. I do all the laundry by myself. My, you know, I have a child who's getting a little older now and she can start to take on some things. So like, here's your laundry basket, go put your clothes away. Right. I think that's so great. I mean, my three-year-old loves to help me do laundry. She likes to throw it in. She likes to put it in the dryer. She likes to press the buttons. She has to put her own laundry back in the hamper or into the washer when she's done and like, that's such an amazing way. Sometimes we instinctively just do things for our children. Because it's easier and Because it's easier and faster. But like the real lesson isn't in getting to the thing that we're rushing through. No. It's in, in the thing that we're trying to skip. Right? right. And so that's, you know, she's old enough. She can put her dishes in the dishwasher. Yeah. And I might have to call her back twice and be like, still not. Dishwasher. You know, it's a, The bowl is upside down. It's just going to fill yeah. with water. <laughs> like right. come back, turn it. Or she can put away her laundry. She can make her own bed. Wow. You know, those are things that she should be doing. She's, and this is your older daughter. This is my seven-year-old. Your oh, seven-year-old. Seven okay. Yes. The two-year-old's not making the bed. We just need to clarify No, that. she's laying okay. on the floor right, we're crying all... about something. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, she's two. Oh my gosh. Two and three. Ugh. That they're not for the faint of heart. No. So hard. It's really hard, but... Um... I know from having, now that my oldest is in first grade, you know that it's and she's gone more than she's home now. Yeah. I'm like, oh my, I wish 
everyone says that time is fleeting. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding? This has been the longest five years of my life. I love her to death, but I did not cry on the first day of kindergarten. Right. I was like, get on the bus. See you later. Bye. Have a great day. But now I know. I feel like she comes home on Fridays and over the weekend, I realize that she has changed during the week. During the week. And she's been away from me. And all of a sudden I have... She has all these new little things about her and I didn't get to experience them. And so it really has helped me take a step back and appreciate the time I have with a tantruming toddler at home because I know it's going to be over and I'll never get it back. Yeah. And so does actually staying somewhat organized in your home also probably help a million percent. Okay. I said a thousand percent earlier. I keep upping the ante. All the percentages. It, yes, absolutely it does. Because again, you know, like let's do a morning, getting yeah. ready for school. I know where the backpacks are. You I know, know where the lunch boxes is. are. The permission slips are signed and in the spot they're supposed to be. The favorite pair of shoes is in the shoe closet. That way when stuff goes wrong, as it inevitably will, everything else is already handled. I only have to deal with that one thing. Right. Like someone falls down and skins their knee on the way to the bus. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing I have to deal with. It's not also that I've been frazzled all morning long trying to find her favorite pair of rainbow sneakers. You know where everything is. You know, everything is more or less where it needs to be. And it just, it's a smoother morning. It's a calmer environment. And that keeps me calm so that when stuff crops up or the, you know, my toddler throws herself to the floor. I'm not our, my emotional bandwidth has been protected all morning. Has been protected. Yeah. I have the patience to meet her with patience and compassion and mother her the way I want to mother her instead of. So when are you, when are you doing the bulk of this organizing in your home? Like when does it happen during the day? (laughs) It doesn't. And that's the thing. Like people are like, how do I start? I just don't have the time. And I'm like, you don't need a lot of time. No. You need five minutes. If you're standing there and you notice your junk drawer, everyone's got the junk drawer in yeah. their house, that it's a mess. Just stop what you're doing. And you, clean it. You've got five minutes. Clean it out. Awesome. I love that. And so it's as I go. And if I notice that there's something that's kind of like a mess, I'm like, okay, just stop. Just do. Just start. Yeah. Just. Do it, it doesn't now. have to be a full overhaul. It doesn't have to be that you finish the project in one fell swoop. Like just start. That is incredible advice that I've never heard before because all the advice that I hear about organizing is like this huge project. And like, you have to put all the clothes Nobody on the has bed time and for you that. have to like sift through them. Nobody has time for that. No. And, and honestly, as I go is the only way it happens. Like when I do laundry, I have two laundry baskets as I take clothes out of the dryer. As I take them out and fold them, one is for the girls that goes upstairs. The other is for donating. And as I take things out of the dryer, I'm like, oh, this was a little small the last time we wore it. Throw it in the You're donate pile. Me. So you it's have this so second. Easy. That is such a good idea. But it's so easy. Yeah. And it takes no extra time. And then as the basket gets more and more full, I'll pick it up. I'll go do a sweep through the closets, make sure there's nothing I've missed. And then off it goes to be donated. Off it goes. It took no extra time. But then that's, again, less clutter around our house. It's not extra clothes nobody's wearing. Right. They're not going to be, you're not saving them for anything. I don't have to go like, okay, today I'm going to dig through all the drawers and all the closets and get rid of all the clothes that we've outgrown. We're, we're donating them as as we outgrow them. I think everyone listening to this is going to get a second laundry basket. It's just a second laundry basket. It it feels so easy. It's such a, it's such an easy, simple idea. 
It is. So are there any other, are there any products that have helped you stay organized in your home? Like you can't live without like a certain type of storage bin or something we should know about, or is it not necessarily the biggest thing is just not a lot of clutter, not a lot of clutter. Yeah. It's really easy to feel like things are picked up if you don't have too much stuff around. Well, let's talk about too much stuff because we live in this world where we can get anything that we think that we want in a second from Amazon Prime. Yes, right. And we have so many people that we follow that are telling us to buy things and they come to our door and then we don't necessarily like them, but we keep them anyway. How do we avoid creating that clutter? Do you have any guidance around this? Well, I think the first thing is we regularly clean out. Yeah. You know, once a quarter we go through the playroom. Okay. And make a donate pile or like half the stuff in there is broken. Right. They're like the pieces or like are missing. unwrapped crayons at right. the bottom of a toy box. Like how, what is this? So like <laughs> once a quarter we do like a clean out, especially now before the holidays, I've right. got two kids with winter birthdays and then the holidays so bearing down on us. So like, yeah. I don't have room for all this stuff to come in. Um, and then the other thing that I think helps me not accumulate too much extra stuff is I have this, it's going to sound a little mean, but like, especially when it comes to my kids, I'm like, they're fine. They have enough. I don't think that's mean. Like, I'm like, oh, you want that? Sorry, and it's too bad. I don't think that's mean. I think, honestly, I see the way that our my ki- my kids even are, like, being raised, like, seeing stuff come to the door all the time. Like, ah, you know, we, like, ha- we do have enough. And we have so much stuff. We have so much stuff. And I keep thinking about, I was at the Nutcracker Market yesterday. And, yes, it's the Nutcracker Market. And, yes, it's the most amazing place ever. And, yes, there are so many cute things. And there are so many things that I wanted for the girls. But I was just like, they have so much stuff. And they don't even want half of it. We want want them to want it or we want them to have it. And the biggest thing has been like with my oldest daughter, I don't really buy for her anymore. She has very strong preferences. Yeah. So like, so what am I doing buying her a little dress that she doesn't want to wear? We buy a dress because it's family photos and you're going to put that dress on. Right. That's it. And that's it. I'm not going to buy the seven other ones that I want for her to match her sister. She's not going to wear them. She doesn't want to match her sister. Yeah. She doesn't want to wear dresses. You know, she wants to be a dinosaur. That's amazing. And, you know, so I have to meet her where she's at. My child only wants to wear pink, but it's like a very specific kind of pink. And she has a million pink dresses. And even though every time I'm out and I see a pink dress, I want to get it for her. I just also think, you know what? She like has enough stuff and she doesn't need to be wearing a different dress every day. I mean, it's true. We, and that's how we end up with all this clutter is just by thinking, you know, we and need more. And I think more. too, you know, and one of my, my very best friend, she does this and she does it so well around the holidays. She tells grandparents, no gifts. You can gift experiences. I love it. Please get us a zoo membership. Yeah. Or a trip to the aquarium. Right. But please do not send a gift to my door. How do her kids respond to that? It's all they've ever known. It's all they've ever known. And it's so smart. It's a great idea. And, but she sets those boundaries. I mean, it's your home. Right. You should have control over what comes into it. You absolutely should. And you're all, I'm also thinking about like the plastic crap that our kids have. That How like, many Shopkins? Yeah. Have you gotten into Shopkins? You probably are not into no, Shopkins yet. but oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. Also, like, what are they going to think when they start taking science and learning that this is the plastic stuff that ends up in the ocean, the landfill, and like mommy keeps buying it for me, (laughs) even though she knows that? Like, I just, I think about that too. You know, it's not, um, it's junk and like they don't need it. And there's stuff outside that they can play with. There is. And I think experiences, like my friend who asked for experiences, like my kids love to go to the zoo. Yeah. I don't love to take them. It's kind of a long drive, but, but motherhood right do things you don't always want to do yeah and they love it and so I always try and take a page out of her book 
Yeah. And we're doing the same thing for the holidays this year. We're we're really not it's it has to be about the experiences and not about the presents. I love it. And so again, like it's your home. You decide set the boundaries. Because once it comes in, guess who's gonna deal with it? You. It's so true. I've been wondering this the whole time I've been talking to you. Where does your husband fit into all this? Is he really organized or does <laughs> no, he like, okay. No, he is not. So you've just, like, we're just okay with like. Well, I don't show his office very often because <laughs> nobody needs to see what it looks like in there. But that's his space. Yeah. That is his space that to so do important. with what he wants. And it is what it is. Yeah. Um, But he's funny, you know. He has the luxury of having a separate workplace. Right. He can be one person at work yeah. and one person at home. He does not have to be organized at home. No. He does not have to be tidy. But he has that physical transformation every day of putting on a jacket and work shoes and driving to his office. And then he's like, you know, on his game. Right. He is organized and he's meticulous and he's great at his job. And then he comes home and... There's, you know, his office has like a thousand soda cans in it. That oh my god, that's so funny. Why? My husband Just always leaves the soda cans put them out in too. Recycling. No, but it's an accessory. I don't have that luxury. That's my right. home is where I work, and right. if my surroundings are cluttered, my mind is cluttered. Okay, so I think you just solved the puzzle for me of why when I became a mother, I became so much more organized because I started working from home when yes. I became a mother. And I, and my husband, you know, he leaves the house too to go to work. And when he comes home, it doesn't matter as much to him that it be clean. He's not working anymore. But I know that if he was working in the house, it would matter more. And I love what you said about like he has his own space and like I'm not going to ask him to be organized here because it's just not going to work. Talk about an exercise in futility. It's not right. going to happen. It's not going to happen. You just have to kind of like you know, work around it or do what you need to do and let go of the rest. That's kind and of And that's life. just it. I don't, I'm nobody's maid. Right. You know, I expect my kids to pick up after themselves, but he's an adult man. Right. You know, if he starts to encroach on my spaces, then we have, I'm like, issue. Hey, like, can you, right. You know, take a few minutes, but you know, in general, he has his space. He has a workshop in the garage and he has his office. Those are his spaces to do with what he wants. If it starts to smell, I will let him know. Right. You'll let him know. And you know, that's it. But I, I'm not there to be everybody's maid. Of course. You know, I, we keep, I keep my house picked up, but if my kids make a mess, they've got to go pick that up. Will you involve them in the process? We, you have to. That's teaching. And them. sometimes those are our biggest battles. Like yep. I have had knocked, we had an Isabel and I, my two year old, we had a knockdown drag out tantrum over a cheese stick on the floor. <gasps> she threw it on the floor and wouldn't pick it up. And it was, it was probably 30 minutes of back to timeout. Okay, now go pick up your cheese stick. I'm not picking that up. Go okay, back to timeout. You know, it's grueling. Yeah. These tiny and it there there is that inclination. Just go pick the cheese stick up and throw it in the trash right, for on. them. Right. We have to go. Yeah. Like we're trying to leave. We're trying to go somewhere. But again, I've protected my emotional bandwidth the best I can that day with yeah. all of these different things. All right, you want to go a few rounds about a cheese stick on the floor? I'm Let's ready. go. I'm ready for you. I love it. I'm ready to teach you this lesson. So you spend the day working primarily with Willow Crowns mm -hmm. and your daughter is is in and out. She's a Mother's Day out and like sometimes she's home. And I work a ton during her naps. Okay. There's nobody done. who can do more with two uninterrupted hours than a mother. Yeah. Oh my God. Like Are we have kidding? gotten to be experts at you and that's my shipping time. Yeah. And then the other thing I've had to do a lot recently as we have grown so much this year is I've had to learn to rely on people. Yeah. And get amazing people. 
And that's why my house is like a revolving door because I can't do it all anymore. No. I've had to let go of wanting to do it all. Right. And have people come package at my house for me. And I've missed three photo shoots in a row. I just couldn't be there. Yeah. It's but okay. it's I had to done. let, I had to let it go because the people we have are great. And you've created a system that works. And we have to trust the people we hire. Right. You know, we've gone to the effort to find good people, let them do their jobs. And that's the best gift that you can give them. I think that builds confidence. Hopefully that autonomy and, and the more autonomy we give the people that we trust, the better mm-hmm. they do. And, but that has been a challenge for me. That has been a huge role in finding balance in my life is letting go of having to have my finger in every pie. Right. You know, dismantling of pride. It really, it's like, I think that there's nobody that can do the things that I do as well as I do until they do them. And I'm like, oh, you did that better than me. Oh my gosh. I so relate. Like making bows. I was terrible at that. Why did I wait so long to completely hand that over to other people? Is there some kind of bow making class? How are people learning how to make bows? They all train each other. It's this amazing system. That's incredible. That when we find somebody new, they go train with one of the girls who's currently making bows. And they go through a couple of review processes. Um, But they all train each other and they pass on their tips and their tricks. There's no competition. Okay. That's the thing I love about my company is it's a real community. So you have these handmade bows that these women that you know are working on and they're making them. Is there, what is the feeling when you go on Amazon and there's like 200 bows for $5? (laughs) Like what, and I'm sure you've had people message you, maybe I'm wrong, like, oh, I really want this, but it's, you know, $5 for a bow and I just found this on Amazon. Can you lower the price or talk to me about it? Absolutely. I recently had, you know, a message saying, you know, I just, I can't spend it. I'm, I'm sorry. And I, I understand. Yeah. It's not always the most economic option to shop small. No, it's, it's not. just not. And I understand that. Yeah. Um, we live in a culture that glorifies, get it now and get it cheap, get it cheap. Yes. And that has unfortunately really caused people to lose their appreciation for handmade items. Right. But we've been really lucky. We, our customers love our bows. They're really special. And I get messages every day saying the quality on this cannot be beat. Yeah. And if there is a quality issue, I promise you we will give you better customer service than the $5 bow people right. on Amazon. That you can't even reach. You know, like- we will take care of you because that's what small businesses do. It doesn't yeah. mean everything's perfect, if the, but the we will take care of an issue if there is, but I can put myself out there and confidently say we ship faster. Oh my God. I ordered a brush from you the other day and it came the next day. The next day. It was like faster than Amazon. And so I have said, all right, if we're going to compete with Amazon, we have to ship fast. And we do. Nobody should, no small shop ships faster than us. How do you do that? Everything is already made. Okay. So we don't do made to order. And that has, that's a whole extra facet of work, right? Because it requires knowing your customers super well and knowing what their buying habits, predicting what their buying habits are going to be. And then as you start to grow, okay, how much more do we need to make? How much is too much? How much is not enough? Um, it's always an experiment. It's always finding that balance. And that's a huge part of my job right now. It's one of the things I spend the most time doing, um, but I, I just said, we're going to ship crazy fast. We will build this model because I'm not a patient person. Yeah. I don't want to wait for things. Right. We all I don't want, want stuff to. right away. Um, so we're going to get it to you super fast and it's going to be amazing quality. 
And I can put myself out there and say that because the girls that do this for us, the women that do this for us, they are the best. There is nobody better. Like their standards for quality might be higher than mine. Well, I can tell in the quality of the They'll show the me a bow and they'll be like, I'm not sure about this. And I'm like, no, it looks so good. And they're like, uh-uh, I can't give it to you. You can't sell it. Like it's just, uh, it's not cutting it and for they me. have to redo it. And they are, they're meticulous and their attention to detail and their work ethic is amazing. Well, you have built an incredible company and a beautiful family. Thank you. And it is an honor to meet you. Oh, thank you so thank much. Thank you for coming on here and talking to us about how you protect your emotional bandwidth. My emotional bandwidth. <laughs> um, what an incredible takeaway. Um, if you're not following Megan already, again, you can follow her and learn more about Willow Crowns at Willow Crowns on Instagram or willowcrowns.com. And uh, be sure to subscribe so you can um, be the first to hear our next episode. I'm Laura Rose, and you've been listening to Look Ma No Hands. We'll see you next time. Mom, mom, mom. Thank you.